I didn't always want to be a professional violist. I, I didn't start playing viola until I was 12. Many of my more childhood dreams were, it was first to be a pediatric anesthesiologist. And then I kind of got over that. I was like, ugh, you know, liability. If somebody dies, I'm going to feel really bad. So what, what about space? I love space. When I was old enough to read, I was in the nonfiction section of the library in my elementary school. And I was checking out all the books and all the planets. Because it just blew my mind that the planet that we're on is not the only one. <laughs> you remember when you discovered that for the first time? During eighth grade, we were studying earth science. And my teacher at the time named Mrs. Ritter, uh, she was the most influential teacher to me up to that point. Uh, she introduced me to Neil deGrasse Tyson. I was the only black kid in my science classes because I was taking gifted science. Like I did it, I just thought I was weird. But seeing Neil deGrasse Tyson meant, oh wait, I'm not alone. And then when I started my social media career, it was like, who do I want, who do I want to emulate? Because what Neil deGrasse Tyson did for me was, something I'll never be able to repay him for. So how, how can I pay that forward, right? How can I take that energy that he had on that pierced that TV screen, to touch my heart and inspire me to do what I wanted to do? How can I do that for other people? And so when I started social media, I wanna be the Neil deGrasse Tyson of classical music at, at the time. But I mean, it's not even just, I just, I, I'm trying to now discover, okay, who do I want to be to the music world? Not just classical music world, but to the music world. That's very special. And being the only black kid who's passionate about science, were you also the only black kid that played on, on the viola or very few black kids who love classical music? Yo, yeah. When I started uh, orchestra, I was in public school. My yeah. public school had it so fortunate like if i didn't have a public school that offered it i probably would never have picked up the viola i was the first one in my class to to choose viola when we were all choosing our instruments and then there were a couple of people afterward who were also black guys that also chose the viola so the viola section in beginner orchestra in sixth grade had like three brothers um <laughs> it was great we would learn how to flip our bow like <laughs> Just to goof off every orchestra class. I first started clarinet when I was fourth grade. And man, I just crave that rehearsal every Friday. And I would like look forward so much, you know, and that was like the best time ever. I feel like universities are just fundamentally uh incapable or conservatories are fundamentally incapable of preparing you fully so it's like you leave like what can they do they can teach you how to play an instrument well that's what they do but when you leave so many things will happen you'll have these schools that have platforms that will pay you 40 bucks an hour to teach 15 20 students a week many of my friends do it they have master's degrees and they're making forty dollars an hour teaching students on a platform that actually doesn't charge these these parents forty dollars they're charging them mo way more than that do we delegate this to an entity that will make money off of our efforts for just creating the platform so 
this is stuff I'm discovering after I've graduated. Like you have to do your business because if you don't get your business together, other people will take care of it for you and will make money off of your effort. And then they can fire you. And it's like, what? I do want to ask you, you know, most people would think, you know, if I made Juilliard, if I made Curtis, Colbert, fantastic school, right? After I graduate, I can just sit back, relax, concerts coming in, and I'll be famous. Is that the case at all? <laughs> no, bro, no, of course not. I think that's the branding because it used to work that way. But it hasn't worked that way for many, 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 many decades. Because when you go to school, then they tell you to win competitions. Then they tell you to win auditions, right? In the face of quite extravagant odds. You, if you want to win an orchestra job, that has to pretty much be your life's focus. You can't, you don't have time to gig. You don't have time to do anything. I was like, oh, I don't have time for this. <laughs> I don't have time to travel to all these different cities and study with the players, get coachings from the players. Uh, there's so much that goes into it. So it's, it's important to, to handle your own thing and at least learn how to build a side hustle. You're never going to escape business. Even when you get an orchestra job, you're going to, get bored and you're going to need to start your business. So why not just start now? Think about the numbers. I, th I don't think we ever have this conversation. That's think about the numbers. Like, let's just say out of a, let's just not even talk about conservatories. Okay. Let's just talk about a broader market where you have liberal arts colleges that do have music schools, where they do have string programs that are graduating. Let's say one of these programs, we're not naming any names, but let's say it has 300 graduating violinists that year, right? That's that right. year, that year, who are all going to want these jobs, right? We're talking about one school when we have a whole country where we have dozens and dozens and dozens of programs that are turning out hundreds of really good players every year that need jobs. And the number of jobs aren't increasing. The availability for one of those new jobs happens not every year for your instrument, your instrument. Like how many jobs are opening in the orchestra total? A few a year. Yeah. yeah. So when they do open, how many people are auditioning? It's not easy. But if you have the audacity to pursue music as a career? <laughs> Bro, it's so hard, regardless of what genre you play. So buckle up, you know? And I saw Gary Vaynerchuk for the first time, 2013, and he flipped the switch in my brain. Your music can exist everywhere, not just the classical music concert stage. And so, I, I discovered that. And so when I went back, when I go back and I look at what I did, I focused on practicing my instrument a lot. 
and I focused on building my own brand by documenting the process of going through the Juilliard School. I tried to make really genuine, good friends while I was at Juilliard. I tried to like collaborate with as many people as possible, uh, doing chamber music readings, playing group muses, doing Gluck fellowships and playing at uh, homeless shelters. I didn't show a lot of that stuff on Instagram because it's about people and that's the thing. So when you wanna build a freelancing career, you have to build relationships when you are in college, when you're in school, because those people are gonna be the ones that you're gonna be working with when you leave, especially if you stay in the same city. The other thing that I think is important, if you wanna build a freelancing career, you have to exist in a market where your services are needed in a high volume and that tends to be cities that tends to be creative cities like austin nashville uh chicago new york los angeles atlanta because if you aren't in any of these places if you're in the middle of nowhere and people really don't need your services except for the occasional wedding yeah if you're the only musician in town yeah they'll call you but how often is that work going to come through but when you live in a place that needs Broadway shows played, movies to be recorded, albums to be recorded, like you need to be in Nashville, New York, LA, you know? And so I knew that and that's why I chose Juilliard. And so when I went to Juilliard, I also made it very clear to those around me that I was down to like make videos and share stuff on the internet. I just said yes to everything. And then I showed up and I tried to over deliver and I tried to be nice to the people there. And when you do that over time, dude, that's, that's how you build. That's how you kind of build the career. Cause people will, if they enjoy working with you, they're not going to, they're not going to shut up about it. So if you're showing up as a person that isn't prepared, that doesn't show up on time, that, uh talks badly about other musicians like people talk bro wow. you have to really conduct yourself as a well-mannered human being like your mama taught you nothing comes easy huh nothing comes. no bro but don't be entitled dave rochella told me he was like don't arrive at juilliard bro don't arrive like there are people that are there that they don't really practice because look, they got into Juilliard, you know, and then there are those that use this as the proving grounds for whether or not they really are worthy of the name. And I was like, truly moved by that. And so I, I made the decision there. But when I got to Juilliard, I really made the decision that like music was the thing that, look, you can't go into this lightly. You have to really mean it. And you can only mean it by your action. So that that talk, that that talk with myself and that talk with Dave, like really transformed me. It's a mixture of competition and 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 also positive peer pressure. It's like if these people are showing up and giving their all and just sounding incredible, if I when placed up a next to them if i don't do my due diligence to be as good as i possibly can if i make them if i if let if i let them make me look silly what no 
that that's unacceptable. Your teachers are herding a bunch of horses to the watering hole and you see everybody else drinking. And you, even though it's uncomfortable to bend down and drink because it takes effort, there's failure. Like you might fall over and, and dunk your head in hole in the pool and you're all wet now. Your clothes are wet, your phone's wet, you know. This metaphor is going on too long. Sorry. What I mean is <laughs> with this new, I think what I call the new era of classical music, like basically the children, it is hard for them to teach how to hustle besides doing the typical training and the set formula to cultivate the best classical principles. Yeah. Um, they know how to make good classical players, which is what you need to have the art form blossom and continue to to grow right but there's a practicality about it if people if, if the business model of the current institutions isn't engendering within the communities within they reside in a ravenous desire for their services you're not marketing right it, it's incomplete if you aren't able to pivot to still do the thing that you were trained to do that is a gap. Like I was the mo one of the most entrepreneurial minded people at Juilliard. I went to everything I could entrepreneur related and I barely heard anything that I hadn't already been hearing in books. It, it wouldn't be what you think I would say. It's just trust yourself. Like, that voice you hear in your head, it's right. It's right. Trust yourself. And that voice that was talking to me in my, the back of my head, and I'm sure it talks to a lot of people. They just don't like to admit it. That voice was saying, even if you get really good at this, that's not all there is to it, right? That, that, I would tell my younger self what my mentor told me. His name is Lance Horn. He told me, you have to think about other people and put yourself in their shoes, right? And he said, do this exercise. When you're out and about, take a look at somebody and kind of construct a story for them, right? Think, and then, and it's not about being misogynistic. It's not about being uh, prejudiced. Not, you're, you're just creating a story narrative as an exercise and this applies to all marketing so when you when you look at that person think about what kind of books do they read what kind of tv shows do they watch what kind of food do they like to eat what kind of music do they like to listen to what kind of problems do they have and once you've created a profile for this type of person their age sex like uh ethnicity habits likes dislikes then come up with problems based off of all that data that that person may encounter during their day. Because men encounter different problems than women. Uh, adults encounter different problems than children, right? Just think about it. And then when you identify their problems, think about how your music can provide a solution to that problem. If you can find out how your music provides a solution to that problem, you then have an idea for a business venture because there is value associated with solving people's problems. People will pay you money to solve their problems. 
and problems are can be very simple make a difference man because the the money will follow stop thinking about yourself so much figure out think about how you can help other people because once you do they, it's human nature to want to reciprocate so first lead first lead with trying to give people value and what is your value music you're a musician i enjoyed so much and i hope you enjoyed it as much as i did Bro, I'm honored you feel that I'm influential. I just like uh, make videos for the internet. <laughs> I'm very, I'm very humbled. Thank you very much. Um, and I'm hoping that this generation does it because it's, 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 it's up to us, man. It's up to us. That's it. That's it, man. Peace out, bro.